This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Watch out. Nuggets by two. Into the lane. No! Jokic was there! Jokic got the way! You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. We're here weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on the BetQL Network. Joe G off for a few days. Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you. And uh, a busy, busy man taking time out of his schedule is Dan Vesperus. Find him on Twitter by his name, at Dan Vesperus. And uh, Dan, you're especially busy, not only because we're kind of at the heart of the NBA season. That's what happens once you pass Christmas Day. We're at the heart of the NBA season, but... You've got to be attached to your phone 24-7 if you are in the betting or the fantasy world like you are. What sort of advice are you giving to people? Because, you know, we have consumers of this show or all sorts of bettors or fantasy players that handle it in different ways. Some just use it for entertainment. Some are closer to the professional side where they take it very seriously. Are you telling people to, if they're a better? to kind of react to news or just wait it out and get as much information and then make your decisions close to tip time. Yeah, I think, you know, I wish there was kind of a catch all on this because sometimes we have betting tenets that make life simpler. You know, you'd uh, when, a, when one injured player goes down, the line tends to overreact would be a tenet that you could go by on a normal season. But this year, I think it's pretty safe to say that this is the craziest thing any of us from a betting side, from a fantasy side, whatever, have ever dealt with. I mean, we've never seen anything like it, and I hope we never see anything like it ever again, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, I I actually believe that if you're hyper-aggressive, if you are someone who's so deep in the weeds, you can go through every replacement player that's being signed for these NBA teams because a lot of them have six, seven guys in protocols right now. But I think for folks that don't have, you know, four or five hours to handicap an NBA card, there has to be a simpler way. And I would offer this and feel free to disregard it if it doesn't make sense for you individually. Stick to a few key teams. At this point, it's something that I did a long time ago with college football, and I think you can kind of do it with the NBA right now and watch them. You cannot bet the NBA right now without watching the teams that you're betting because chemistry is nuts. Like the box score is great. The ATS results, those are great. But if you don't watch the teams playing and see how these I mean, some of these guys have been out of the NBA for two and a half years. Some have never been in the NBA before. If you don't see how they're interacting with the players that were already on the team, 
you sort of don't really know how a number got to what it did. Uh, I've been trying to do that with uh, the Lakers has been an easy one because I'm in L.A., so we get those feeds. We get a lot of information on them. And you can see what guys actually fit in certain lineups and make calls from that. But, boy, in terms of betting these games before tip, it's almost impossible right now because guys are getting ruled out three or four at a time a couple hours before the game start. I'm glad you brought up the Lakers. Um, what what can they do, if anything, to salvage their season? Do you think they're going to add? I know there's been rumors, oh, they, they're keeping close tabs on Ben Simmons, Jeremy Grant. Like, it seems like, gosh, you're going to add new pieces and what you've got going is not working. Is that the solution? It just seems like a disaster. So I, as I, am, I grew up a Laker fan, but I am a pragmatic man. They don't have the assets to get anyone of that caliber. So I'm going to burst all the Lakers fans' bubbles right out of the chute here. You're not going to get Ben Simmons for Taylor Horton Tucker and pieces. It's just not going to happen. Ben Simmons is a lot better. Uh, in terms of what they have to do, they have to find a way to get their key pieces healthy at the same time. When you turn over an entire roster in an offseason, which, again, kind of unheard of, guys need to play together. And you kind of saw it just with Russ alone, with Russell Westbrook alone on a team. You saw it in Houston. You saw it again in Washington. It took him half the season to figure out how to play with his new teammates. So add on top of that, playing with LeBron, who's you know one of the greatest players of all time, is going to be the focal point on that team. And then Anthony Davis, who's now out for five weeks, and 11 other guys that weren't Lakers last year, or whatever the number was. I figured, and I think I said it back in August, that you'd get a better idea of what that team looked like by Christmas, but I thought that LeBron would play in all of the games before Christmas, and he was out. And so now you've got Anthony Davis out. There's really not much they can do besides hold it together. I think actually bringing in Stanley Johnson to play defense was a, a really good short-term thing for that team because the defense they played against the Spurs in particular was some of the worst I've ever seen in my life. Uh but it's just going to take time. Guys got to come back. AD's got to come back, and they have to figure out how the pieces fit together. Until then, moving things around, you're just you're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic until you steer <laughs> away from the iceberg, and that's get everybody healthy somehow. Dan, there are eight teams that are playing 600 ball or better. The top four seeds in the East, the top four seeds in the West. And if we want to add a team, the Cavs are right there. Um, they, they blew the big lead last night, uh, but they're hitting at a clip winning at a clip of 588 so we can include them in the conversation if you'd like of those eight nine teams are there any of them that you should be a bit concerned about or maybe there are hints of maybe them being a bit fraudulent because in the back of my mind with some teams that do that have had extreme records or even ones that are a bit disappointing we do have to keep in mind, okay, what is the roster situation? How many weeks were they dealing with COVID situations? And G, G League guys playing games that they should not be playing. So uh, the short answer is not really. Um, the long answer is maybe the Grizzlies. And I don't want to pick on the Grizzlies. That's not fair because they've played mm -hmm. incredible basketball. John Morant has taken a huge step forward. And through just tenacious defense, they found a way to win games even when Ja was out for three weeks. So I want to give the, the Grizzlies a ton of credit. I just don't think that they're going to be able to get past one of those other teams that's 600 or better in the Western Conference. And again, I get it. Like, they're the fourth seed. They are the lowest among them. 
But if you watch the Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz play, they're just, particularly the Warriors and the Suns, are just one click different than everybody else. There's an intensity, there's a, a an execution level on those teams that the other clubs are not hitting. I love the Grizzlies. I love what they're doing, but they're the team in that group of eight that you were talking about. And again, if you wanted to throw the Cavs in there as well, uh, they just don't quite have that gear yet, but they are closer than I thought they'd be. I, th I thought the Grizzlies would actually take a small step backwards this year, rotating Jonas Valanciunas for Steven Adams, but the young guys have gotten better at such a clip that it's kind of uh, counterbalanced whatever they lost by trading away an, an interior presence. So, um, yeah, it's the Grizzlies. Um, another team I'd love to kind of shout out is how well the Heat have played despite missing Bam Adebayo. Mm. And Jimmy Butler's been out for about a month. He's been back for a couple games. I think he tweaked his ankle again last night. Uh, but really right now, if, if we've watched all of these teams for 30-some-odd games, the Warriors and the Suns are a notch above anyone in the East as well, I would say. And, and maybe that changes if Kyrie starts playing in road games only, but I don't know how that totally fixes things in terms of, like, I say fixing things. The Nets are in first place. But getting them to that one extra gear above where they are right now um so unfortunately it's the grizzlies but i do really like what they're doing yeah well yeah i, I could tell you're, you're reluctant to say it but that's the way i formed the question so you're being a good guest and answering it in that manner but uh, <laughs> I, try to, just, I try to be kind <laughs> <laughs> well if, if we're looking at just the west right now if you look at the records you would say oh well the big drop off is after memphis do you think that's accurate because after memphis we're, now we're getting in that 500 range and bunched up. You've got the, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Mavs. Is there a big drop-off after those top four seeds? Or those, those teams around 500, do you still have some trust in? You know, as, as much as I clowned on them earlier in the show, I do think the one team after that drop-off that has the potential to jump up a rung would be the Lakers. Because we've seen arguably the worst they could be to this point and they are in that pack with the nuggets the clippers the mavericks the wolves you could even extend it down to the spurs the kings the like the, the west is there's a pretty good bunching there before i would argue kind of a drop off to the pelicans the thunder the rockets just pelicans because they're missing a lot of guys again and then the thunder and the rockets they don't really want to win as many games as they've won so far um but the lakers are the team in that group where we've seen them at their worst, meaning there's kind of they aren't going down from where they're at. They might lose a few more games because they're they're dealing with the Anthony Davis injury and and still some players and protocols. But that's the team in that group that to me looks like they could get better. Mavericks have been without Luca. They could get a little bit better, but we kind of saw the Mavericks hit that upper threshold, and I don't know that they clear it until. And I, again, I want to be cautious with my words here. Luca's not in perfect basketball shape and hasn't been for two full seasons. When he figures out how to clear that bar, that's when the Mavs might be able to take a step forward. Or if Porzingis really does feel, uh, kind of figure out how to impose himself. But, you know, the Clippers, I don't think Kawhi Leonard's playing this season. Paul George is out for a month and change. That's not getting better. Nuggets, I mean, I kind of feel bad for the Nuggets because I really like the core that they built. But Michael Porter Jr., probably out for the year. Jamal Murray out for, I'd say, most of the season, if not the whole thing. So those teams behind the Grizzlies, 
there's really only one where you look at it, you're like, well, that team could actually take a step forward. It's the Lakers. And it's funny, too, because, and apologies for monologuing here a little bit, the standings do tell a pretty accurate story where Memphis is kind of in their right. own weird little bubble there. They're four back of the Jazz and three ahead of the Nuggets. They have their own chunk. They have their own section of the, the Western Conference rankings, and it is where they belong right now. They're a click below those top three teams, and they're a click above everybody that comes behind them. So then when you take a look at the East, I know you had mentioned the Nets. Um, it'll be interesting to see what will happen with Kyrie. Um, Kevin Durant seems um, to be coming back uh, from COVID protocols. Do you think they can compete with a Warriors or a Suns team in the West? Yes, they can because they have Kevin Durant. That's the – I could probably stop my answer there, couldn't I? Yeah. Uh, Nets have done a weird thing this season where they've just decided to play even with every opponent through three quarters and then squeeze out wins late because they have Kevin Durant and they can keep doing that. It, I mean, it works. They're a game and a half up on the Bulls. They're 23 and nine. They win road games. They win home games because they have the guy that's just a better shot maker than everybody else in the NBA. That's a really nice luxury to have on your side. I don't know. You know, I don't know that they beat those those Warriors and Suns teams in a seven-game series, but they probably take at least two games in a seven-game series, even without Kyrie. You add Kyrie to the mix, but then, I mean, preferably playing in both home and road games, and they yeah. are then, I think, the prohibitive favorite to win uh, the NBA Finals because we've seen how good they can be even without him. Uh, and you don't need depth at once you get into the playoffs because they don't have a ton of it. Uh, and they're relying on this resurgent LaMarcus Aldridge thing at center. But Nick Claxton's shown himself to be decent enough there. They're kind of filling in the pieces. But, I mean, the main guys are just so good on offense that it kind of doesn't matter. couple more minutes with Dan Bespris here on BetQL Daily. Dan, nine games are scheduled. Scheduled. That's what, We always have to throw that out there uh, for tonight. Now, we, we are talking in the morning before uh, we'll, we'll get some news later on about players that will and will not be available tonight. But here in the morning, as you're looking at this evening's card, anything you like? Well, we already have a few uh, folks that are out um, for a couple of ball games. Jimmy Butler, I believe, got ruled out already. So with the ankle tweak, um, Gabe Vincent, his teammate, is into protocol. So the, the news already trickling in. They've got, us, <laughs> they've got us on our toes first thing in the morning here on the West Coast. Um, it, it's really hard, and I, I, I scoured this card for everything, and like I said, I've been kind of keying in on a few main teams. I, I would actually look at the Lakers. I know they're on a back-to-back, -back, and I know you're sort of always paying a little bit of a premium on them, but I think they found something to allow them to keep ball games a bit closer than than what you had seen a couple games prior. I, I Again, I, I can't do anything first thing in the morning because who knows what might happen over the rest of the day. Uh, but the Grizzlies are down a few players as well. You, this is going to be the big, the marquee matchup, you know, so you know Jaw is going to be up for it. Uh, I just like that they they pulled Taylor Horton Tucker out of the starting lineup on the Lakers side yesterday, inserted Avery Bradley as he's getting his legs underneath him, Stanley Johnson, just guys that weren't going to miss assignments on almost every possession. Elsewhere on the card, it's just such an absolute mess right now. Who, you know, the Pistons are down, like, all of their keep, I think almost their entire starting line. Sadiq Bey might be the only starter that's left on the Detroit side. I don't know how you bet into a game like that before the game begins. You have to see what these teams look like 
with all the goofball replacement players and what they're doing. Um, Pacers, we don't know if Malcolm Brogdon is going to be playing tonight, so you can't make a call on that game early. Celtics, we we don't know if Marcus Smart is going to be playing tonight. Clippers, uh, again, a number of players in protocols. We've seen that they've been kind of flopping a bit without Paul George, without Reggie Jackson, and certainly Kawhi for the entire season. Just I wait. go on and on. It's, it's <laughs> sort of circling the wagons yeah. here to get to the point of, I don't think you do anything first thing in the morning. I think you pick out a few spots on the card that look somewhat interesting. Uh, the Mavs are somewhat interesting. The Lakers are yep. somewhat interesting. And then you wait until later in the day and see if the stars all have to align. You know, don't force it if you get news that doesn't fit what you want it to be. Dan Bespris, follow him on Twitter by his name. Find all his NBA and betting content there. We always appreciate his time. And he joins us on the Roman guest line. Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you on BetQL Daily. Coming up next, we will give you our lightning bets for today. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.